I have that feeling every single day of my life. <laughs> I mean, we always we always need help. Like most funeral homes are understaffed and overserved. What is the craziest homicide case that you've seen working down in New Orleans? Um, craziest homicide case I've seen um, working here in New Orleans. Um, this was as of last week. Um, it was a murder of a 13-year-old by another 13-year-old. Um, and it's like, unfortunately, with these cases, like... A lot of it is not always like wrong place, wrong time. It's actually like, I mean, the kid got killed over a basketball game. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. So um, definitely it's, it's, it's heartbreaking for sure. And I have a lot of questions myself, like, okay, like how are these kids getting access to this? And you know, how are they getting access to this so easily? Where are the parents? Like, you know, again, like so many questions like the suspect is not always like an older person is someone their age and it's sad because you know with this particular case which obviously i won't you know due to confidentiality yeah. um and the teachers talk so highly about this kid you know what i mean like he just started eighth grade like two days before it happened um so thus far that's been like the craziest and most like heart-wrenching honestly well, we're starting off the podcast on a very bright and sunny, positive <laughs> note here. You asked, I answered, you know. So, I know, yeah. I know. I'm just messing with you. Taja, tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, what do you do? Um, down you're at the, is it the coroner's office or medical examiner's office in New Orleans? Um, you're a death doula and you work with funeral homes a lot and you have a special connection working with a lot of homicide cases, which I know a lot of funeral directors are accustomed to, but you see it every single day. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Okay. Well, um, my name is Taja, obviously. Um, I have been working in the death care slash mortuary industry since uh, 2020, actually in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I got certified okay. as a in the midst of all that. Um, I ended up going back to school, mortuary school also during that time as well, which I have been like, you know, just being honest on and off finishing up because I'm tired of people acting like mortuary school isn't hard um, because it can be very overwhelming sometimes. Who says that? Who says that? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like it is, it's not a breeze. And sometimes like, you know, it can be overwhelming with the, um, you know, the classes and like, I'll be honest, like, Science is not my strong suit, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I've just been, like, taking my time. Because people ask me, like, oh, when is your graduation? I'm like, whenever it happens, it happens. That's all yeah. you need to know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, so, like, I am in the process of, like, finishing that. So mm -hmm. my focus has been um, my death doula practice, which is the Rising Rose, which I just launched online a month ago. Um, so, yeah, that's my main line of work. Yeah. And also I work. I'm with some specialists for the New Orleans Sheriff's Department. Yeah, so tell I want you to tell us a little bit about both. Um, let's start since we already asked a question about the Sheriff's Department. What do you do for them and how does it work just being around homicide cases most days because that's what you do uh, typically, right? Yes, most of the time. I mean, I do deal with other cases as well, like homicide, battery, um, et yeah. cetera. 
but like most thus far anyway most of the cases that i have worked with um have been homicide cases and basically like just to make a long story short about my position like i work alongside like law enforcement um helping you know families that lost someone to homicide basically get back on their feet um, post the case. So that means connecting them to resources as far as funeral homes, mm -hmm. um, helping them with arrangements, getting, helping them get reparations for the crime. Yeah. And that can help cover, um, the funeral as well. Cause we all know how expensive that can be, especially when it comes to something abrupt like that. You know what I mean? It doesn't give anybody time to prepare. Someone is just taken away. You know what I mean? Um, so that's like mainly what I do. And of course, like I meet with the families and I also do a community outreach um, work with them as well. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much overall generalization of what I do. Wow. That's got to be tough. Just just going through that and dealing with those families that are going through a loss that they shouldn't be going through. Any homicide case, of course, is sudden and traumatic for any family member. How do you cope with that every day? And what is it like emotionally for you? Um, honestly, there are definitely days where I come home and just like sit in complete silence. Like, I just don't want to be, you know what I mean? Be I bothered with like processing like so, so much. Like I'm reading so much. I'm reading like every single detail of what happened. You oh. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Sometimes like it looks like me just coming home and sitting in silence for a while. Sometimes I may just spend time with friends and like just laugh and hang out, you know, at the bayou or go get a cute little drink somewhere. Just like to get my mind off of stuff. Real you know? New Orleans down in the bayou. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so those are the type of things that, you know, I like to do. I'm like very much like, you know, team self-care, you know, maybe like that is in place regardless of you know what your profession is uh but especially with you know what both of me and you do you know yeah. what i mean you need it uh you go through a lot every day every day is emotional it can be so challenging you got to keep up with yourself you got to put yourself a priority at sometimes we're very giving people most funeral directors that's why we get into this business is because we have satisfaction from helping others and it gives us motivation to keep going and that's why most of us that have a longer tenure, that's why we do it is because we have that, that circle of helping families. And in order to better help families, you got to take care of yourself too. So as much as we want to separate our day-to-day -day basis, there are things that you can do to cope with it emotionally, taking time for yourself, whatever that might be, whether it's hanging friends like you, Taja, or uh, mm -hmm. the path. I don't know what it is for you. That's what it is for me. I love taking baths, but no, I just no, yeah, same. stuff like that little stuff and, um, trying not to, to eat our pain away or drown right. in our own sorrow or, you know, get out of the industry because of these things that we're dealing with. There's better ways of managing. And, and do you have any tips for us as far as that? Because I know that you're in that death doula space. So I'm sure that you have some good recommendations for us on the other side of the death industry. Um, just making sure, like, honestly, like you check in with yourself, making sure, sure that, you know, like you're not, even though, again, we love what we do, but like not 
overextending yourself so much where you have like no capacity for yourself and you're not burning yourself out. Um, I mean, another thing that I also like incorporate, everyone's different, everyone's spiritual beliefs or non-spiritual beliefs are different, but I definitely incorporate prayer like every day as soon as I wake up or I go to bed, you know, meditation, like all that jazz. That's something I definitely don't play about. And that's something that definitely, you know, helps keep me in line as well. Um, But, you know, not even in a selfish way, but always making sure that you are putting yourself first, if that makes sense. And I hope that doesn't sound crappy. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I, we know what you mean. And it, it is, yeah. it's hard to, it's a, it's a thing that you don't want to say, but you have to do a little bit. I do that meditation stuff. I mean, almost every day, um, mm-hmm. especially like during COVID when there wasn't as much going on, I was, I was obsessed with it it makes a legitimate difference. And I know some people think it's like fluffy or whatever else you want to say. Right. But I'm telling you, you're just taking some deep breaths. I'm not even saying you have to sit down with your legs crossed and you <laughs> No, you don't have to do that stuff. Like taking just several deep breaths, even if it's for a minute, a couple minutes, whatever it is, it makes a big difference and you can reset. So if I'm having a hard day and I know tensions are high, I'm running around like crazy, those are the days that you need to be doing it the most because you have to take that second to reset because if you're already behind on your day and you're just playing catch up, sometimes you need just to reset or if you're getting frustrated, if you're getting angry or sad, whatever it is, it helps make a big difference. I also like to do envisioning. I'm really into that kind of stuff like imagining the situation or the future that you want to be in and bringing that oh, into yeah. your daily life. I love that. Like, that's what it's that's all about. That's basically manifestation. Yeah. Really. I, 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 I love that stuff because, first of all, it makes me happy. Like, thinking about my goals and what I want to do and how I want to help people and be out there more. Like, that gives me motivation to make my day today better. As much as people yes. think that it might be, like, not for them, if nothing else, it helps keep you on track. It helps give you a little boost throughout your day. So that's my little tangent on that. A lot of people don't know that I do that stuff and I love it. So I'm with you oh, on that. No, I, I love it and I respect it. Like yeah. like you said, it doesn't even have to be anything. I think that's where people get it twisted where like it has to be like, uh, you know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. have to do like there's been times where like I've been in my car, you know, you know, just where I was just like, I need a minute to take like a couple deep breaths. Even at work, I'll go to the bathroom real quick and just be like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's, it's totally all good, you know? So I definitely understand. Yeah. And especially with what we deal with, you got to do these sort of things that, that keep you with it. If you just bury everything deep, no pun intended, it just makes it so much harder because it will, it will fizzle up at some point. And that's when we have those emotional breakdowns that everyone talks about those, you know, when we hit the wall or when, when you have that burnout. All funeral directors and people in death care, they all talk about it. So we need to prevent that from happening if possible. And if we are faced with it, there are ways to cope with it. There are ways to get through it without you having to stop working for an extended period of time or things like that, because a lot of us have gone through that. I myself have too. And these practices have helped me a ton. That's that's something really special and important. Yeah. And I think honestly, like dealing with it, like as it comes is important because like, you know, I'm just myself. I definitely used to like back in the day have a tendency of like brushing things under the rug and acting like I'm cool. Like, you know, especially with like, oh, 
how like I was raised, like, oh, we, we got we to keep going. We got to keep going. You know, you can't stop. And That's then right. like, you know, I'm holding so much inside and then I eventually like yep. freak out, you know what I mean? So like dealing with it, like as it comes, instead of ignoring it and not acting like it's not there um, mm-hmm. is really important. I also think, you know, whatever unpopular opinion, um, I think that us in the death care field, um, should be a little bit more vocal about like seeking mental health services ourselves. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like you know, therapy is also like okay for us to get to because we see some pretty hardcore stuff. You know what oh. I mean? And we can't be strong all the time. And people may sometimes think like, oh, well, you deal with death, so like you're strong, like you can handle it. It's like yeah, but like you know, it's it's, it's rough out here sometimes. You know? So it yeah. Is you're dealing with hard stuff and there's nothing wrong with seeking extra help if you need it. Uh, that's a part of a part of life. Like you got to lean on other people. And um, that sometimes is the best way for people to manage it. And like you said, Tasha, we're so accustomed to grinding in this industry where we got to get to the next thing, got to get to the next thing because everything has a time urgency to it because we are dealing with death and there are things that come up in future things that are going to come up and you can feel that sense. And sometimes, like you said, you have to slow it down and just like try to, to be a little bit present. And I think people in death care actually do a good job of that because they see how short life can be. Like you just said, with those two kids, 13 years old, my goodness, life can be so short. So that gives you us a different perspective that other people that are just going through their nine to five and just going through the motions, we sometimes need to take a second and be like, whoa, look at what, what we're dealing with right here in front of us. If it's, it doesn't matter if it's an old person, young person, it doesn't matter. It's death can hit any one of us at any time or any of our family members or any of our friends. So you have to live in the present. You have to live. I like to say to the fullest is, is dorky and lame and that sounds, but it's true because you never know when it's going to be over. So you might as well try to enjoy the process and make your life better and other people's lives better. It gives you some joy and happiness. And uh, that's what it's all about. I feel like, you know, we forget that sometimes, especially because of like, you know, social norms, like, you know, especially with like, you know, grind and hustle culture and stuff like that. Like you always think- is, yeah getting this bag you know you know if you're not getting this bag you're not doing nothing like you know blah blah right. blah and like you know you have to like learn to tune that ish out you know what yeah. i mean so yep. <laughs> it's true and we get encouraged even outside of our industry to work as hard as you can 24 7 and that's just like not the best way and i know that we're all funeral directors like we gotta work 24 7 but if you can take some time to get away or take some time to do the things that you enjoy and you love. That's what makes life worth living. So we got to focus on not always being on that nose to the grind. So we got to let in some, some joy into our lives. And uh, I think we have an opportunity to do it. If, if you allow yourself. Exactly. Cause like you said, it can be over at any time. Yep. Sure can. Then we'll, you know, <laughs> yeah, I really can't. Tell us uh, more about what it is being a death doula um, and how it applies to funeral directors and other people in the death care industry. Okay. Um, well, first of all, like for those that like don't know what like a death doula is, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard of what a birth doula is. A uh, death doula is the opposite. Like, you know, birth doulas help bring life in 
and we help with, you know, life leaving, you know what I mean? And that could equate to, you know, providing grief support counseling to the families pre and post death, um, even providing grief support to the person that is transitioning themselves and like helping them have yeah. as peaceful a transition as possible, helping them fulfill their final wishes, helping them with like, you know, any kind of like paperwork, um, even the families helping them with funeral arrangements down to obituaries, mm -hmm. um, planning memorials with them, like we do a lot, and that's just to name a few. Um, and I feel like a lot of funeral directors are, you know, slowly but surely starting to educate themselves about what a death doula is, but, like, aren't really fully aware of how beneficial, like, a death doula can be in the funeral home um, itself. You know what I mean? Even down to helping out with, like, you know, typing obituaries. Like, And I'll ask you something in a minute, like, you know, you know, like I said, down to obituaries, you know, helping with funeral planning and like even making those little errands like for the botanics and stuff like that for it. Yeah. Um, so that led me to like a question to ask you if that's cool. Like, you know, I'm sure like yeah. it's and it's okay. Like, you know, I'm sure there's days like we just like talked about where you probably may get like overwhelmed, you know what I mean? And I don't know if you've ever felt like, man, like I wish I had like somebody to help, like, you know, just run this quick little errand real quick, you know, for me or like help like, you know, like you know, do this obituary because I don't really have time to write this obituary right now or, you know, stuff like that, you know, I don't know. I have that feeling every single day of my life. <laughs> I mean, we always, we always need help. Like most funeral homes are understaffed and overserve. Yes. Uh, we need, we need people that are in our corner to help. And if we're, if we do that, I know our funeral homes are trying to be profitable, profitable, that we're a business, we're trying to run a business. But at the same time, my theory is if you're if your staff is if you're well staffed where everyone has their roles, they're doing their thing and they're able to lean on each other and it's not as stressful an environment, that tends to lead to better a better customer experience for the families that come in. What happens after that? A family has a good experience. They want to leave a toast testimonial. They want to tell other friends and families about their service. They want to come back to you for future losses. So if we're able to have a staff that's able to well cover everything without that craziness feeling that we, that we sometimes get, and it's still going to happen no matter what staff you have, I know how it goes, but there is a way that we can do it where it leads to more business down the road. I need to do a better job at that in my funeral home. I, I'm always looking for extra assistance in different ways, but mm -hmm. I think I think there's a lot of funeral directors and funeral homes that could say, "I would love someone that could come in and take a little bit of these minor tasks off. Yeah, we could focus on those major, major difference-making things. Not that the minor details don't matter because they do, but oh, absolutely. At the same time, we want to focus on the big picture stuff. Right. You know, especially like you know time frame wise like say if you meet with it what's today tuesday say if you meet with a family you know today for arrangements and they want the services to be on friday you know what i mean so that's like a three-day turnaround right. of getting your together and running around and with whatever mm -hmm. staff that you have or don't have available to you you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like like you just said like you already have to worry about you know the big things like you know being in contact with the cemetery if they are going to get a burial um all that stuff so like 
again, just imagine if you had someone that was just like, you know what, like, let me just take care of this obituary. Let me call the florist for you real quick. Let me see what's good with the food and catering real quick for you. Like, let me just touch base with the family, see how they're doing emotionally. You know, like really little stuff being taken off your plate, I'm sure would go a long way for a lot of funeral directors, you know? There's no doubt. There's a lot of tasks that that can be helped with on a day-to-day um our business that we have mortuary marketing we try to do take away some of that stress from funeral home funeral home owners by running marketing campaigns for them and helping them get reviews and helping them stay in contact with families that's a whole different side of things that we need to be focused on but when you're in it every day it's hard to focus on like things that you need to so if there's people like you or pe- people like us that can help funeral directors say hey your your job is to help crush it with this family, give them the best experience possible, take care of what you have to with the funerals, making arrangements, being in the prep room, whatever it is. If there are people out there that can help alleviate some of that stress or some of those burdens and do it in an even more efficient way that maybe I would do it. We wear a lot of hats as funeral directors. Absolutely. There's someone that could maybe pop on that hat for you. You don't have to have a hundred of them. Like it's going to make your life easier. And at the end of the day, it's going to help you live a better life and have a better business. Right. Exactly. So in my opinion, death doulas is not just for the person that is transitioning. It's not just for their families. I do believe that we can have more of a place in the funeral home itself as well. So I'm hoping to see more of that in the future. Hopefully. Yeah, it's 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 similar to um, what you would have as a student if you've ever uh, worked at a funeral home that has had a student helping out. Um, they're able to help with those those smaller tasks, but I think death doulas that have the training to actually yeah. help families a little bit more so can be even more impactful um, as far as keeping in touch with them, making sure that they're going through the process okay. And um, that's that's a good thing. Oh, it's all about service, all about helping our families. And that's what we want to do. So it sounds like that's something that a lot of people could could use. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So I hope that you were able to take a little something, something for that for your back pocket in the future. Sure, sure. <laughs> Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right. I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started Mortuary Marketing. And I got to tell you, all the funeral homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home. And I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit more um, about then how it is working with with homicide cases. Um, that's something that we don't get to see. So, are you you so you deal mostly with the families? You aren't working with the remains or anything like that. Um, how, no. how does that work for you? Yeah, so I'm definitely in the office. I'm not like at the crime scene. I'm not like seeing remains or anything like that. Like I'm basically on like the I don't want to say the behind the scenes, but like I'm basically 
in a way, like the middleman for them, like again, like to help them get the resources that they need for whatever they need in that time. Like again, whether it's for funeral arrangements, counseling, you know, reparations financially, um, and yeah. for the funeral. Again, we know how expensive funerals can be. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's nice that you're able to help them in that situation if if they need some financial assistance for a loss that they weren't expecting. You know, it's a good thing that you're able to help. How did you get into this world in the first place? What what was your calling? How did that happen? As far as this job in particular or like death care in death general? Death care in general. It's not a common place for people to hop into. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one just wakes up and just like, we don't want to do this ever. Ooh. Like, I, I all like have some kind of story. Um, it's like either you were born in the funeral home, like literally like your parents, grandparents own one for like generations or whatever, or yeah. like you know, something happened kind of thing. In my case, something happened. <laughs> um, my father did pass away when I was younger. Um, he died from cancer. And um, I've had a lot of significant losses along the way. Like I had to learn very quickly. I was introduced to the concept of life and death way earlier than any any child should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so again, like I've dealt with a lot of significant losses along the way. Um, and I've always been the person that people came to like in a time like that, in a time of like grieving and in a time of healing. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, why not? I just, it's just felt like a calling. I'm like, why not like actually make a profession out of this? And like, you're, you're doing what you are passionate about and doing what you love. I was actually initially going to school to be a teacher and I'm glad I, you know, I dropped out. Honestly, It's a whole um, different type of service. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't have any regrets about, you know, dropping out of school as far as that. Cause I know I probably wouldn't be happy at all. I'm glad that I followed my intuition and uh, my passion. But like I said, all of that, um, that's pretty much the background of why um, I got into this field. That's cool. I mean, we need people like you that, that have a passion from the experience that, that, they, that they've had in the past. And you see that a lot where, they, they had a, a loss in their family that was very meaningful to them and they either helped in the situation or they had someone that was very integral in their situation that helped them out. And it gives them this feeling of, wow, I can do that or I want to be able to do that for other people. You see it all the time. And I think we're seeing it more and more with people that aren't just like me that are a family generation and fourth generation, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a little bit more where people have that calling and I don't want to throw myself under the bus, but I think that's that's a little bit better because it's it's a little bit more passion that comes with it because they have more of a deeper maybe connection, although I've always felt that way. So maybe it's in my yeah. blood or maybe it's in some people. But yeah, so I'm like, don't do yourself like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to talk myself down. You know how it goes. But yeah, that, that's that's very cool. And uh it's great that you were able to find that way and hopefully it goes to, to, to bigger things. What do you want to do? What are your goals for the future being in death care? Um, well, my goal is cause people do ask me like, Oh, is your goal to like own a funeral home one day? And it's actually not, um, it's just, not, you know, I don't feel like that part is my calling. Um, like I do want to expand more as far as my death doula work, um, for yeah. sure. Um, I, my, a part of the reason why I did move to New Orleans is because I am looking to opening up a physical community healing center where people can get, 
practices and things of that nature, you know, grief groups, meditation, like sound healing therapy, things of that nature. So like pairing death and pairing healing, you know, together. Um, So that's, you know, again, another big reason of why I moved down here. Um, I'm also looking, I'm in the beginning stages of this as well. I'm doing a lot of research on it. I would like to start a mutual aid um, for people that need help with like funeral services, like like kind of like with my job already, but more so like independently because like it's hard. Like these funerals, like as you know, are very, very expensive. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I feel like it's important for people to like bury or, you know, cremate whatever they want to do, their loved one with dignity without worrying about like holy crap, like how am I going to do this? for this like on such a short notice so like again i just wanted to like start some kind of mutual aid where people can like come to and be like hey like you know we're struggling to pay for the casket that's three thousand dollars i'm just throwing a number out there like would you be able to help us like okay cool you know just getting that over to them kind of thing so that's another thing that i want to do sure and that's beautiful that you want to help out your community and make a difference in in their lives and show them the way and uh i do think it's so important that everyone has access to uh, the funeral home that that they want. Um, I know there's a lot of different ways for people to support financially. You have the GoFundMe situations or whatever else. And I, I think we do a very good job of uh, working with families with within their budget because it does, it, as expensive as it is for a family to go through a loss, which it is, it, it takes a lot of cost and a lot of effort on the funeral home side of things because I see it from a, a business perspective. If we want to keep our doors open, we have to charge the prices that we do because otherwise we wouldn't be able to to help assist any more families. So that's right. something that I, I'm I'm very passionate about is explaining to people that that aren't in the nitty gritty of it and they people, they always say, oh, it's so expensive. Why does it have to be so expensive? And you hear that all the time when when you're doing social media or, or podcasts, whatever it is, people need to realize that it takes so much work behind the scenes. And you're well aware of that, like seeing what you do every day at the sheriff's office. There's so much that goes into it that people aren't aware of. And it's important for everyone to understand and be aware of that and it will bring value back into what we do. And that's something that I'm really passionate about too. And I think that's awesome. And, yeah. you know, thank you for like, also like breaking that down too, because like, you know, I, it's a lot of, it's not even just the money, but it's also like the amount of labor that like funeral directors and, you know, their staff have to like go through as well. You know what I mean? Especially like on like a quick turnaround, kind of like I used the example earlier, like family comes in today, they want to have the services on Friday. like. Got you know, got, uh, exactly. especially if it's a burial, a burial, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I and uh, that's just a, a wonderful thing that you want to do and just just to have an impact. And that's uh, a lot. Uh, it just shows that how compassionate you are and how how what a what a caring person you are. And that's just a, a wonderful thing. And it just we love to see that. And that's what I think death care is all about is like you have to be that type of person or else you wouldn't be able to do this because 
it's it's a special breed of people that's what we are <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know i i definitely agree like definitely have to have a lot of compassion you definitely have to have a lot of patience too because like let's I'm keep not. it real sometimes families get upset sometimes you know what i mean and it's just like you know you can't be harsh because they're in the midst of grieving you know what i mean so like you know bringing yourself back down to earth and also like helping the family, like, you know, come back down to earth as well in moments like that. So like, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a patience, lot. The patience is everything. And uh, you get tested on that patience all the time. That's, that is a fact. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, like, can you like provide a time where you felt like you needed to like, I guess you could say like, you know, you had a family that was like, you know, was like kind of like, I guess you could say upset or whatever the case may be, like, you know what I mean? And you had to like kind of bring yourself back down or whatever. Yeah, it happens every so often. Uh, sometimes you have a family that they're, they're, they bring their anger out at you and it's nothing that you do specifically. It's nothing that you, not the way you behave or who you are as a person, but they're angry about their loss. And we have to take the blunt of that. And any funeral director that has been doing this for a while knows that that is a part of what we have to deal with is angry families. Um, I recall a certain specific time where a family was just very irritated with the way we handled a situation with getting the doctor's information it, for the death certificate. It ended right. up being the hospital's fault without question they were, they didn't have it signed. They didn't have it properly filled out. It was a lot of back and forth, blah, 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 blah. The family didn't take that as any, they, they thought we were just giving some sort of excuse, trying to blame someone else when it was in fact, like, like we were calling, calling and calling. Every funeral director knows the situation I'm talking about. And they went as far as to post on a Facebook group in our local community saying never to use our funeral home because they don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. It was very frustrating from our end because we didn't do anything that warranted That's the situation. I, I, and it just, they were very angry with their loss and they wanted to, to unleash some, some of that rage, honestly, on someone. And what happened was a, a really beautiful thing that people in the comments on that post in the, in the local group came back and defended us and they said, oh my gosh, they're the most giving, loving family. They put on the best services. They care about it. And I mean, dozens and dozens of comments like coming to our defense, the person ended up taking down the post. Borderline wish they would have left it up to see like all these people like coming to our defense. But you have to be patient in those situations because it, it could be really hard and you want to like, oh, like you want to scream, but you just have to take your time take a deep breath like we talked about and just you, there's gonna be highs and lows and you, you got to roll with that roller coaster sometimes i think you do a good job with it like i think like you do really well i you know i think your videos that you be posting are hilarious Thank you know what you. i mean so i like to see that you channel like whatever frustrating situation like or whatever it may be yeah into like I truly think it's like funny as hell. Like I really, because I don't laugh out loud to a lot of stuff online, but whenever I see one of your videos, I do laugh. Especially when you did the um, MTV Cribs version oh, of yeah. the film. Uh, it was like really spot on how they used to do it. Um, but yeah. you do a good 
job of like you know channeling like those kind of situations or whatever like into humor and i feel like it shows like a lighter side to funeral home directors because we're not all the adams family you no. know what i mean <laughs> not at all you know all like you know gray and serious and like you know blah 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 and some people even like you know have said to me like oh you work in that industry like you don't look like somebody that would work in that industry i'm like what am i supposed to look like what am i supposed to you know what i mean like it just, i'm with you um, i'm with you it's so true and thank you so much for the kind words that's that means a lot to us and we try to bring some entertainment and some laughter and a, and a perspective and a relation with all of the funeral directors that we can all pick up on or death care works or whatever it is. We all know different situations that, that we're forced in or just bringing a twist to something that is so dark and sometimes morbid and bringing some light to it is a good thing, I think. And we're, tra we're transitioning a lot more to celebrations and things of that nature throughout the industry. So why not have some fun with it? And, and you gotta laugh sometimes about your day-to-day -day work being in this because it's tough. So laughter is a, is a great healer and a great medicine, I think. Yeah. And, you know, just being honest, like, you know, like I'm sure you've done black funerals, you know, a time or two and like black people, like we're known to like, you know, it's not always us crying and stuff like that at funerals. We like, we are known to like crack jokes at funerals yeah. and like sing and like even dance sometimes you know what i mean so like i feel like you know not even just like culturally speaking but like you know just kind of widening that perspective you yeah. know to all cultures you know what i mean all backgrounds that like death doesn't always have to be this like sad like super dark thing you know what i mean yep it's got to be about the family and whatever they were about and whatever they want to do to celebrate like us funeral directors, we're going to be in your corner and we're going to do anything that we can to help you. So that's that's a, a great call. Well, Taja, thank you so much for, for being here with us. Um, we're excited to see what you do with your um, death doula work and everything that you're doing at the sheriff's office. I hope that you can continue on the road that you're going down. You have some really beautiful, big ambitions and it's a great thing to see. Thank you. And it was a pleasure talking to you and like connecting with you. And I hope that we're able to continue to stay connected. Like if you're ever in New Orleans, like, please oh, let yeah. me know. I would love to connect you with other, you know, people that work in the death care industry down here. And thank you so much for your time. Again, it was lovely. Appreciate it.